Miracy. Why are you playing small? Why are you doing that? You're doing everyone around you a disservice because you are not taking up space when people are waiting for you. You have your wonderful, magical self to share, and you're not? Hello, I'm Katie Valentine, and you're listening to Soul Savvy Business. I am a soul-minded spiritual entrepreneur, a Christian minister, and a New Testament scholar. Don't let any of that scare you. I support all paths to the divine, and I use tools such as chakras, dreams, and intuition to get there. On this podcast, we explore the intersection of business and spirituality. What do I mean by that? Too often, we separate our business selves from our spiritual selves. But in doing that, we don't leverage the full potential of either one. This series aims to help you fall in love with your own soul so that you can live your most fulfilling and successful life. On today's episode, I'll be talking with a side hustle biz coach, podcaster, and Reiki healer. But first... In every episode, I offer a soul tip around abundance and your spiritual journey. Lately, I have been immersed in the idea of beauty, and I want to invite all of us to surround ourselves with beauty, especially in our office spaces. I've been connecting to the archetypal goddess Aphrodite, which yes, as a Jesus follower, I feel free to do. She is connected to love, beauty, and importantly, self-care. Sometimes we may think of beauty as frivolous or something extra, but it's really deeply connected to the experience of being human. We crave beauty, and beauty is a signaler of abundance. The natural world around us is beautiful, and it's from our landscapes that the concepts of beauty and abundance emerge. So it's literally right outside your window. Creating this beautiful working office space reminds us that abundance is all around. And it also just makes it pleasant to provide our services. Whether it's flower or art or your favorite blanket, I invite us all to surround ourselves in beauty simply because we deserve it. My guest today is Kristen N. James, but she goes by CJ. CJ is a side hustle coach in Toronto. I just love the phrase side hustle coach. She helps women-identified professionals make the shift from having a boss to being a boss. She also has her own podcast, the Shine to Five Method podcast, and she's a Tabagonian from the island of Trinidad, Tobago, which is a dual island nation in the Caribbean off the coast of Venezuela. Welcome to the show, CJ. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Well, let's just start with that abundance tip on beauty. Did anything resonate with you? You know what? It did because the thing about beauty, the thing about abundance, the thing about our physical space, it's a very personal experience. And when you incorporate your physical environment, you can tie that also back to your mindset. So if your physical environment, if there's any kind of clutter, it's usually a reflection of what's going on in your mind. And if your mind, if there's certain blocks, that's also blocking the abundance too. And that's blocking the beauty from flowing. That's blocking you from being able to to see the beauty. So it's really about that flow, finding that flow and then allowing the abundance to flow, but really acknowledging that the connection between like our physical and our spiritual worlds. Yeah. I like the way that you phrase that. Literally the clutter can kind of block abundance. And 
I know I moved about two years ago and for, I moved into a very small apartment. So for a long time, my office was in the hallway and I was just freezing in the hallway and I couldn't make it beautiful because we were using part of it as storage. And finally I thought, I've just, I have to, I'd rather be in the bedroom than the office. And it was a wonderful move and much more beautiful. Yeah, I can see that. I can agree. I'm just trying to picture it and I'm like, uh-uh. That's, it didn't so, work. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us what words you currently use when you're talking about whatever it is you consider to be the divine. I say one thing I've learned is, and which has really helped with with my entrepreneurial journey too, is God is within me and I am God and it is energy and the divine is energy. The divine is within me as well. And that has really helped me to work through the self-doubt because I feel like I start to tell myself if I'm doubting myself, I'm doubting God, I'm doubting my faith, I'm doubting my spirituality, I'm doubting my relationship with God. And it has really allowed for me to trust a little bit more and learn how to trust a little bit more. We talk about trusting the process all the time. But trusting the process really is trusting yourself, it's trusting in God, it's trusting knowing that my path has already been carved out for me. So I like to think of whether I worry or I don't, I have to go through it to get through it. And it's always going to work out how it's supposed to work out because God has already planned it out for me. And that has really, it has saved me more, more times than I expected it really. So when I think about the divine, I'm really thinking about the inner work. I'm thinking about the inner journey. I'm thinking about where my openness to abundance, my openness to prosperity and to wealth and to faith and to flow and knowing that things work out. They always work out. And I know I also, I don't say that everything is going to work out. I always say everything is working out because God is working it out for me. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful adjustment that we can probably, a lot of us could probably make, uh, myself and listeners included. So it is working out. Yeah, it's working out. It's not will work out. It's working out how it's supposed to. It might not be on our timing, but it's never on our timing. <laughs> it's never when we want it to be and with things to happen when we want it to happen, but it works out. Everything is working out. So I think I heard in there, like the phrase God, the divine, and also self, kind of the visual that came to mind. It was almost like an infinity loop going in you. Right. Yeah, that flow. Yeah, that flow. And it it co- it flows, one flows into the other. It just it it's almost like it's all one unit, it's one thing, but we there's also a flow and you can tap into wherever you need to tap into and get the reminders that I need to get wherever I am, whatever I'm dealing with, whatever I'm praying through. <laughs> I'm always I can always be reminded that, you know, just just allow for the flow. Lovely. Well, tell us um, a little bit about your upbringing and your background. What did your religious or spiritual um, upbringing look like? Tell us about your younger years. I was raised uh, Catholic and fairly religious, very religious. We didn't miss Mass every Sunday. So for me, it was just a part of my life to to be First Communion and the Confirmation and going through all those, those traditions, religious traditions, if you will. And when I think back to that time and growing up, it was such, it just to me was a part of my life, was a part of my flow. I didn't question anything. I didn't doubt anything. I didn't wonder about anything. It just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what makes sense for me. So my mom's Catholic. My father was Anglican, but very similar. But my dad would come to church with us as well, or we'd go to church with him. So again, it comes back to that flow and understanding it's 
it's the same God at the end of the day. And we, there was never, I never felt like any kind of disparity or any kind of disconnect. It was, it was God. It was the Bible. It was about faith. It was about praying. It was about trusting and knowing that prayer and faith brought us and kept us together. My entire family as a whole, I have a pretty big family. And, you know, we openly talk about God and praying and, and praying for one another and with one another. So it was, that part of it was a beautiful experience. And what about now? Uh, do you still consider yourself Catholic? Does it, how does this influence your, your spirituality these days? I would say I'm, I'm always going to be Catholic. I would say, though, that I'm more spiritual than I am uh, this, this structure of, of religion, if you will. And just as I've gotten older and understanding my relationship with God is a very personal one. And I really found, I attended church because I just found comfort in having somewhere to go when, you know, we're all there for the same reason. Again, coming back to that community, we're all there for the same reason. We're all praying together. But, and I, I, as I guess the older I got, I realized God's everywhere. God's within me. So I pray more now and I talk to God all the time and I trust in it, but it's, it's definitely more personal, you know, because I have made the connection that I needed to make to be able to get what serves me best out of my relationship with God. And it's not really about the institution so much, but I am just as faith-filled. Yeah. So it sounds like you may not be observant in, the, in a traditional Catholic way. Right. Exactly but still deeply tied to the spiritual kind of virtues and lessons and that relationship part. I love it. And I, although I was never um, Catholic, I, I went to a Catholic school for a long time, like 12 or 13 years of my life. So there was a lot of influence there. So, well, um, yeah, you mentioned some of the practices you have now and the sense of flow. What are some other ways that you express your spirituality these days? Meditation. I also practice Reiki, which has been a really beautiful experience. And that's good with, again, with tapping into the spiritual side of things and talking about the chakras and allowing, again, flow. That word's going to keep coming up, allowing for that flow and for that openness and opening and allowing the energy to flow. So it's, and that has really deepened my, my faith and my commitment to, to my spirituality is because now I'm just a lot more mindful. I feel like I'm a lot more connected to that side, the spiritual side, ever since getting my Reiki uh, certification, being able to practice that on myself and on my clients as well. I journal a lot too, and I think that's a really important piece. It doesn't sound like it's a, it's a part of like a traditional really practicing your faith, but being able to get your thoughts out again, being able to uh, disconnect from what is not serving me, I think has has been a huge help. And seeing my words in my writing, I also like to leave myself voice notes and then listen to them again. And it really helps. It's a nice little exercise I do. I'll, I'll play it while I'm out walking my dogs or whatever, and I'll hear myself. Good idea. And, yeah. And it just really helps to remind me of, you're okay. You realize you're okay, right? Like God's got you. You've got this. Everything will be okay. We need those little reminders. Okay, so I have many, many directions that we could go from here because that was also wonderful. But three that come to mind. First of all, how long are your voice notes to yourself? <laughs> um, it, it, it 
They're usually about three to five minutes. Okay. I'll just keep talking until I'm like, okay, this this sounds this sounds like good enough length. And then sometimes I'll even listen to one. I just actually just a couple of days ago was listening to one just on loop while I was out for a walk. And I was out there and I'm like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> That's amazing. And, you know, the journaling, um, I see that as a really deeply spiritual practice. I know we probably don't name it that way, like you mentioned. But as I'm thinking about biographies of mystics and of spiritual leaders, we often turn to their journals to help us with their biographies. We don't have a record of their silent prayer or their spoken prayer, um, but we do have records of their journals. Yeah, I like how you put that. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I love journaling. Yeah, yeah. And those private journals that become public are really valuable sources, I think, of spiritual Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nourishment. Yeah, I love that. CJ mentioned that she's a Reiki practitioner. I knew we needed to talk about this because I am one too. While Reiki is becoming more mainstream, it may help to know a little bit about what Reiki is. Reiki is a Japanese energy healing that became a formalized practice in 1922. Since then, it has gone global and people all over the world receive Reiki healing and some people like CJ and I become Reiki practitioners. Reiki is universal life energy and anyone can become a Reiki healer if they have the desire. I got my first Reiki session about 10 years ago and I got really hooked on the energy. I started my Reiki training in 2017, and I became a Reiki master just one month before the pandemic. And I was really glad to have that tool available during those months of lockdown. A few things about Reiki may be helpful for you to know. You can use Reiki on yourself as well as on others with their permission. You can give Reiki to pets and also to situations and conflicts. When my business is lagging or when I'm feeling down on energy, Reiki is a natural companion on my journey. You don't have to enter into an altered state to channel Reiki, so it's a really helpful tool for a quick pick-me-up or a long extended meditation. Reiki may not always cure, but it always heals and gives us exactly the energy we need at that moment in time. In my personal Reiki practice, I sometimes give Reiki to divine figures like Jesus or Mary Magdalene or Miriam, and they can offer it back to me, which I have to tell you is pretty cool. And in fact, I teach Reiki as part of my energy course offerings. I wanted to know how CJ came into working with this kind of energy and what type of Reiki she practices. It's a Usui Reiki, so it's the hand placement. I fell in love with Reiki through distance sessions via Zoom. Just a few years ago, my Reiki master now, she was my Reiki healer, then we would do these. It was all through Zoom. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. It completely saved me mentally and emotionally in some really difficult parts in my life. And and every time I met with her to do a session, I would say to her, I see us working together somehow. I, I don't know how, but then fast forward a year and we were having a conversation and I said, I really want to learn how to practice Reiki, but I want you to be my Reiki master. Because from what I had known, she wasn't yet. And she goes, actually, I just finished it and I'm going to be working on my website and I'll let you know. And everything that's worked out perfectly. And she went from my Reiki healer to my Reiki master. 
We have beautiful conversations about our relationship with God as well and praying and spirituality. And it's all energy. And God is energy and energy will flow wherever it needs to flow. We don't need to be in the same room for the energy to flow. And I think that's a beautiful thing about Reiki. Yeah, 99% of the Reiki I practice that's not on myself is distance. Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about how maybe your religious background or spiritual beliefs have impacted the way you think about money and abundance. And how is that over the years tied to your spirituality? I've learned that when we talk about abundance and we talk about money, we talk about flow again and energy, we also, and this is, I'm also a certified mindset coach. And I think this is why I really appreciate this too, is if we have certain blocks and we have to work through our own experiences, our own blocks, we're blocking the money, we're blocking the energy, we're blocking the abundance. So we might be saying one thing, we might be saying that we're abundant, but are you really, if you haven't worked on your money story or your money mindset? So I love being able to tie the two together. I actually just recently, (laughs) I think, yes, I did a voice note apologizing to money. And I said, I am so sorry that I have been playing small and I haven't been showing up and I haven't been more intentional because you're thinking because I'm playing small that I don't want you around or I don't respect you as much as I should. And if money is energy and this kind of energy and that's how I'm treating myself, money is in turn thinking, well, she doesn't really want me around if that's how she's seeing herself. That's how she's viewing herself. So I sent a voice note. I wrote, I recorded a voice, like maybe about a three minute voice note and just apologizing to money and saying, I want you to flow and I want to flow to you. I want you to flow to me. I'm so sorry that I did for this blind spot that I had had when it came to the growth of my business and my business wasn't growing in certain areas because I wasn't showing up how I was supposed to. I wasn't showing up in my, my true authentic self saying that I wanted to take up space and abundance is about space. It's about filling. It's about more and being open to more. And it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks just recently in a conversation with a friend that I'm like, oh my goodness, I have been blocking the money because of how I'm treating myself. So it's, it's been good to be able to practice on myself. So I recognize it now in my clients. And one of the things that we do talk through is what's your relationship with money like? Let's go back to your parents' relationship with money. How were you taught to deal with money? How did they talk about money? What were you, your parents, your caregivers, your guardians, how did they handle money when you were around? What example was set for you? Because many of us don't even realize that the relationship we have now with money starts from our childhood. And if we're not really taught how to handle money and how to speak about money, and we're taught to be in that scarcity mindset, it's money is going to be scarce until we could accept that abundance means us really being able to be open to letting it flow to us and us flowing to it as well. That's all just wonderful and beautiful. And I'm, I'm loving it and the energy of it. And I'm curious when you issued that voice note to yourself, <laughs> what was the shift? Like, what was it, if you recall, that made you think like, oh my gosh, like what did the blinders off around that concept of abundance? It was because I always, I feel abundant. I feel like, and I always lead with gratitude. Everything I do, I, every day I wake up, I look around and I'm grateful. 
And I say that I'm open to more and I'm open to learning more. And I use the words more and open and plenty a lot. But there was also that part of me, the six-year-old version of Kristen. And I was, oh my God, I was so shy. I was, I wished I didn't exist sometimes, fly on the wall. Like, so it was sometimes I realized I had to talk to six-year-old Kristen and tell her it's okay. Tell her you can, you can come out of the shadows. You can, you can speak up. You can use your voice. People want to hear your voice. So working on that exercise of nurturing my inner child, validating her feelings. And when I think about my upbringing and my, my parents' relationship with money, the word enough came up a lot and we never wanted for anything. I, I had a beautiful childhood upbringing, but we always had enough. Made sure there was enough to pay the bills. Made sure there was enough to do so-and-so. And then it had to hit me. This is some years ago. I was like, Why do I have to settle for enough? I can, I can want more than enough. I deserve more than enough. And that's where the abundance really resides. But it's constant. You have to constantly work on yourself. Constantly remind yourself. We go back to that place a lot. And in doing that exercise, in coming to that revelation, if you will, I realized again that I was immersing myself in certain parts of my business and I was losing sight of myself. So when the money wasn't flowing, I realized the money's not flowing to me because I'm not paying attention to myself. And money wise, because money is energy and I'm not putting out the right kind of energy and there's some blocks around that energy, that money won't flow to me and I can't flow to it. We can't find each other. So I had to, I had to apologize. I say, money, I am, I'm really, really sorry that I have been neglecting myself because I've in turn been neglecting you and my relationship with you. And I want us to be able to flow to each other. The insight, the way that you said it just gave me an, an insight too to share, um, which is being too much in the business and, and not enough in your own soul, your own journey. And I just had an aha a couple of weeks ago um, doing some mindset work for myself that I love to offer a lot of things that I'm interested in, like a one-off workshop or a little small thing or something like that. And they're all valuable. Like I really like them, but they're not, they weren't allowing me to play as big as I desire to. And so that's all kind of part of that aha and that realization and around abundance and money too, because I was telling the universe, oh, I'm willing to play it small. Yes. Because right? that's time I'm not spent playing it big. Right. And then it's just, it's just spending some time like, why are you playing small? Why are you doing that? You're doing everyone around you a disservice because you are not taking up space when people are waiting for you. You have your wonderful, magical self to share. So now I've just it just really helped to be more intentional with everything that I'm doing. Not to say that I haven't been before, but just I'm now just hyper-focused on my intention and the meaning behind the intention and what I want out of it. And so that I stay connected to when I do get the results and the money starts to flow, it all just, it's just all happening so organically and it beautifully. And it's it's the reminder that I needed that I'm worth it and I deserve it. How wonderful and beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, we talked about your personal journey and let's integrate that now with your business journey. So tell us, what is your business and who do you serve? I am a mindset and transition coach. And over the years, especially within these last two years, I would say two to three years, my language hasn't changed. It was just now I say I'm a side hustle coach 
And I work on supporting my clients through breaking free of their employee mindset so that they can confidently walk away from their nine to five to be their own boss. Because many of us were not really given the tools to be entrepreneurs. We were taught how to be employees and how to be great employees. So it's, it now comes back to because they're so used to the stability and the predictability, the structure of having a nine to five that now thinking about quitting that, first of all, they have to work through the guilt of thinking about quitting and thinking about quitting and then gaining that confidence, shifting their mindset. And in that time, being able to, as they're shifting their mindset, they're building their own business, a thriving business. And that helps with building their their own toolkit, if you will, as, as an entrepreneur and their own muscle as an entrepreneur so that they become more and more confident to be able to walk away from, from the nine to five to go all in in their own businesses. Well, what drew you to this niche of mindset meets side hustle? It started from my experience because I remember, I always share that I was at my nine to five, I would say about five years longer than I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to leave. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have resources. I would try different side hustles. And I, I don't like to use the word fail anymore. I'd say I tried and learned <laughs> All right, from, from those different experiences until it got to a point where I actually put it out in the universe. I manifested my layoff. I made the decision. I said, you know what? This is going to be my last year here. I don't know what next year is going to look like, but as of December 31st, this is my last year here. And I talked about it so much that... <laughs> A few months later, literally months later, they made the announcement that they were closing our department, but I was so excited. I was so happy. But in that, one of the things I thoroughly enjoyed about my role in my nine to five was the coaching and helping them with their development and helping them to, to advance in their careers and to move up within the organization. Or even if they wanted to go somewhere else, just really helping them to build on their skills. So when I became my own boss, if you will, I wanted to continue to support women, women-identified professionals to push past the, that mediocrity, to challenge that status quo. If you feel like you're being placed in a box, if you feel like your creativity is being stunted, if you feel like you want to have your own thing, you deserve that. But a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is being able to shift, untell those stories that we for so long have been told. Our lives have been defined for us before we even get a chance to decide who we want to be right? This is who you are. This is what you're supposed to do. And then you go to school and you do the thing, you get the career, you move up within the, the organization that now we have to retell the stories and redefine our lives and our paths. If you want to do your own thing, have your own thing, you absolutely can. So let's start working on it. Lovely. And uh, what a cool niche born from your own experience. And, you know, I love that you asked and the universe provided with this layoff and that it made you excited. Yes, it was beautiful. It was it was so funny. I think back to that because I remember having a meeting with my boss in HR and I was, yep, absolutely. No problem. You got it. You, I signed where I get it back. She went and she, she said to me, I'll never forget. She's like, I am not used to this reaction. <laughs> Most people are coming freaked out. Yeah. People are usually sobbing or just really upset. And I was like, okay, absolutely. No problem. I'll get it back to you. She's like, okay. <laughs> she didn't know what was really happening in the background. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, what has been the biggest challenge in building the business that you have now? My mindset. I'll be completely transparent. It's I, I have gotten in my own way, which is why I am so committed to helping people get out of their way. 
I think my biggest challenge has been me. It has been nurturing and validating six-year-old Kristen's feelings to tell her it's okay to take up space. I wear purple lipstick everywhere I go. And actually I'm calling that attention to myself and people are coming up to me and and it's, it's pulling me out of that shell that I was so used to. So it's always that constant reminder that I'm a work in progress. The work is never done whenever, and I'm, I'm very high achieving individual. I set really audacious goals and I make sure I need to, I challenge myself. But if I don't accomplish something or I don't take that next step, I know it's me. There's nothing really, nothing else really that's getting in my way but me. So I'm always challenging myself. And this is why those voice notes come in handy. And I write messages to myself in lipstick on my mirror because I need to check in with myself and say, hey, that thing's not happening. Why isn't it happening? What do you need to do? Oh, you didn't make that call. You didn't send that email. or You didn't reach out to that person. Why not? And then, uh, <laughs> and then I have to, right? So the biggest challenge has, has been me. So how does this tie into your spiritual journey? Because I feel those connections there. Yeah. It has also deepened my faith. It's deepened my spirituality. And I was recently told that I'm a control freak. And I never really thought of myself as one. But I think as entrepreneurs, we because we're always like, we got to do the thing, set the goals and work on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And we got to see where this is going, where this fits in. And there's some perfectionism and all that that's, that's in there as well that I have to remind myself to just surrender and say, God's got you. You have done the best that you can. You have given it your all. Whatever the outcome is, it's the best outcome for you in this situation because God's carved out your path for you. This is already figured out. This is already worked out. You realize it's already worked out. <laughs> having the conversation with myself in the mirror. You realize this is all already worked out for you. And I'm, I will admit, I still have to constantly remind myself to surrender and trust. And again, everything is working out. I changed that. I said, everything is working out. So entrepreneurship and the connection between entrepreneurship and spirituality, I feel like they're very deeply connected. If we are willing to do the work on ourselves, and if we are willing to understand that some things just are not within our control. You can only do so much. You can only show up to a certain point. You can only hope for so much and try for so much. You can only send this many emails and post this many social media posts and <laughs> and until you just realize you are doing the best you can. Let go a little bit. Let go and let God, as they say, let go, surrender. And I have the most beautiful results when I can say to myself, okay, God, I surrender. I really love CJ's energy around surrender. And this reminded me of a tool that I learned almost two decades ago when I was writing my dissertation. This is a tool to help keep us from getting into a downward spiral whenever something goes wrong. For instance, students or entrepreneurs may feel that if a project isn't moving forward, something is internally wrong with themselves that they can't move forward because they are fundamentally flawed. When we believe this, we hardly ever move forward at all. We get into a loop of negative thinking and going round and round in a way that really, really doesn't serve us. 
The technique that I was taught is to always believe that nothing is wrong with me because there's always an external solution to the problem that I'm facing. For instance, if I can't get a landing page completed, what is actually the problem? Is it me internally and that I have deep flaws that will never allow me to finish the landing page? Or is it that I'm tired, that I need water, that I need a break? Maybe I need a resource on how to write more compelling copy, or maybe I need to hire a graphic artist to make the art that is not coming to me. And in this way, there's always an external solution to the problem that we're facing. This technique empowers us to always know that there are solutions and that the problems are actually external to us, not fundamental flaws within us. CJ's wisdom of surrender and giving up control actually reminds me of this so much because when we surrender, we actually admit we are not flawed. We are simply putting ourselves in the position of being in the flow. And that's actually a deeply external act that we take into ourselves. So I encourage all of us to remember that there's always a solution to the problem that we're facing, not to get in a negative self-talk downward spiral about whatever it is, but to simply look outside ourselves, see what it is that we need in that moment, do it and empower ourselves to find the solution. I turned to CJ to see what she thought about this too. There's always a way. And it's, uh, again, universe is always has its own way. And it's not always, you know, very black and white. Sometimes we just have to step back or wait it out, be patient, knowing that some things are bigger than me and some things will not work out how I want them to work out, how I expected them to work out, but they will work out how they're supposed to work out, how they're meant to work out. Well, one question I ask each guest here is, what do you think of when I say being in alignment? Like, what does that mean to you? I love the word alignment. Say, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. I just want to, I, and then being able to be able to move forward and find along the way what works best for you to be in that line, a line. I do really break it down in a line, <laughs> in alignment. And knowing that the line is not straight, it's not saying it's a straight line. It could be a squiggly line. It could be a line that swirls around and goes in many different directions. But that alignment to me means, I really wish I had another word. It means flow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need another word. That's a great word. <laughs> Tell us a time maybe when you weren't in alignment. When I was not in alignment. That's a good question. I would think it was when, but there was a point where my business was not growing. And I, everything came to a halt. It was really good flow, really good momentum. And then I hit a wall and I realized I was looking in the, at the wrong thing as to why my business wasn't, why my business had come to a halt. I was looking at, I was really beating myself up and I felt like a failure. I really felt like a failure. I didn't have any new clients. It felt like no one would, was hiring me and no one was noticing me. And, but that was also around the time when I was playing small. This was actually just a couple of years ago. And I realized I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't talking about my business the way I should have. I wasn't sharing. I wasn't celebrating my wins the way I should have been because every little thing should be celebrated. 
I kept looking for the next thing and looking for the next solution. What can I do now? Instead of taking a moment to stop and say, but look at where you are. Look at how far you've come. So it wasn't until, again, I had to surrender. That was when I really started to learn about surrendering and praying on it and just really just getting down on my knees and saying, okay, God, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do here. I was doing the things I thought I was supposed to do, but I wasn't connecting with it. And I wasn't connecting with the results that I wanted. And I just had to let go. And this meant trusting the process. And I'm like, ooh, there's that word trust again. And I'm so supposed to trust that everything is supposed to work out. Should I not be doing something right now? Doesn't God want me to do something? And I had to pause and just quiet all the noise because there was just so much clutter in my mind and on my heart that it, I just was not showing up how I was supposed to. And my business just stopped growing until I started to do that internal, that self-work. Thank you for sharing that and that, um, that vulnerable space to, to know that's going to resonate with everyone. Um, yeah. Every entrepreneur is going to be there at some point in time. For sure. And I'm curious for you, if that process of letting go and surrendering, is there anything um, external that you do to kind of match that internal process? Is it journaling or? Yeah, it is. It's a lot of self-reiki too. And just being able to center myself again and ground myself. And so that's where the, the external and a lot of meditation. And also what's been big for me is asking. Make, I've been very, very intentional with asking for help. Saying, hey, if you know anyone that's looking for blah, 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 this is what I do. You know anything that's aligned with what I do as a coach, how I offer my services. Can you, can you keep me in mind? And so many opportunities came my way just from asking, reaching out and asking for help and saying, because I felt like I was putting out into the universe, hey, I'm seeking, I'm opening myself up because I was very close, very private. And I said, let me take a chance here and reach out to people again, trust the people I felt like I trust the most and say, can you help me out? And they were so ready and willing to help me out. And I got one of the biggest opportunities in my business just last year because I made the ask and it put me in a position to get this rare opportunity, this coveted role as entrepreneur in residence for the city of Toronto and the library that I wouldn't have gotten had I not made that ask. Had I not said, okay, I don't have to try to figure everything out on my own. I don't have to do all the heavy lifting myself. And it really has helped. Making the ask has been like a very intentional thing. CJ, I just love the ultimate trust that you put into that action step and moving forward, taking the step, not having an ulterior motive about it, what it may get you, just receiving that help and boom, this opportunity appears. That's amazing. And I'm curious, before we wrap up, CJ, do you have any advice you'd like to share with our listeners? The one thing I would say, we are our biggest critics. Our voice is the first and last voice we hear. We are God's creatures. When we doubt our capabilities and we doubt how beautiful and magical we are, we have to be able to challenge that thinking. That thought comes up, you challenge it, say, where did this come from? This isn't true. How do I know it's not true? And you work through an exercise and maybe you need to leave yourself a voice note <laughs> or maybe you need, to write, you need to write in your journal. But know that self-doubt comes up as a test of, of our faith our faith in ourselves. We hear that voice 
because it's supposed to challenge us. It's supposed to test us. So you challenge it and test it and tell it you are not true and ask yourself, what do I want to be true? What makes sense for me and how my life is supposed to look? How do I want to feel? How do I want the people around me to feel? And then you work towards that thing. You use your doubt as a catalyst, essentially, to get your results. Nice. I I love that so much. This has been just wonderful. And thank you so much for being here. And what's the best way for people to find you? Everything is at Kristen and James, so two N's, so my middle initials N. So I am on social media, Instagram at Kristen and James and Twitter, Kristen and James. I'm on LinkedIn. If you just search me and you can find the purple lipstick or my website is, is Kristen and James.com. My podcast, the Shine of Five Method for Side Hustlers podcast. Come hang out with me there. I am everywhere. And spell Kristen for everyone. C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Okay. So I'm going to just repeat that. C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Yes. Because um, I imagine there might be other Kristen James out there. We want yeah, people to find Yeah, that's why I have the you. extra initial so. there. That's just two yes. N's. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I am Katie Valentine, and you've been listening to Soul Savvy Business. Soul Savvy Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes shows such as Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Cynthia. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eney is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To make sure you don't miss great episodes coming up on Soul Savvy Business, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please give a starred review. It just takes a second, and it is the best way to help us get these ideas out to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.